The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Infertility and Me. I am your host, Monique. And today I have a very, very special guest all the way from the West Coast. Her name is Sandra. She's a nurse mom and wife. And Sandra has a very unique story for us today. So we're just going to jump right into it so I don't have to hold you guys too long today. And Sandra, can you give me a little background info on you, dear? Sure. So my name is Sandra Gwines and I am a nurse. Um, I'm actually a cannabis nurse and um, I live out in California. My husband is in the military, is in the military and we've, we're from the East Coast but ended up here. Um, I am on this show to talk about my fertility story, um, infertility really. Um, I struggled with infertility for about six years, um, did all the things and none of that worked. Um, and then um, you know, it was a, it was a long road, but I'm excited to share my story today and really just, you know, hopefully my story will, you know, give hope to a lot of people that are going through infertility because I know how challenging it is. And, you know, I still feel the same emotions when I think back to going through infertility, it doesn't go away. You know, that, that pain is still there, you know, the infertility. So I know that there's, um, you know, there, there, it's a process. It's a journey. <laughs> Infertility is a journey. <laughs> so um, I hope that my story can, you know, inspire and give hope to a lot of the women that are out there struggling like I was. Yeah, absolutely. Six years is a long, long time. We actually were married for six years when I got pregnant with my mm. son through IVF. And um, we, I technically go by like four years because that's when we really started mm-hmm. um, trying two years after we got married because we was like just so busy working crazy and stuff. My husband's mm-hmm. in the restaurant business. So we worked crazy, crazy hours, seven days a wow. week. So um, you said, you said um, your journey was for six years, right? Before you were able to get pregnant and everything, right? Yes. Yeah, so we started infertility more of like a conversation. It was kind of like, okay, we're going to do this, <laughs> but we didn't have a plan, you know, like, and yeah. we didn't know infertility was going to be a thing. It didn't, even crossed my mind. Like I felt like people do this all the time. You just do the thing and you get pregnant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's how yep. it works. Yep. Um, and as a nurse, uh, my background is maternity nursing. So at the time um, I was a maternity nurse. Um, you know, I was witnessing babies being born every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I didn't feel like that was something so foreign and not, you know, and something that I wasn't going to be able to do or, you know, accomplish in my life, like being a mother. Um, we started off with just like, you know, nothing, no meds, no nothing, just winging it and trying it. And then after we have been trying, you know, cause the doctor tells you like, try a year first and then come back and let us know. And yep. so we did yep. all those things. Um, and then I started taking, uh, Clomid and I forget what the other med I was taking was, but I started taking different medications and just kind of seeing how that went, but nothing happened. Um, in the middle of all this, cause my, I was going to school. Um, I was working full time. I was going to school Goodness gracious. and, um, <laughs> I was getting my master's degree and I was working full time 
and I was doing all these fertility treatments and I tell everyone, I'm like, you know, the thing about fertility is that you get so focused on the outcome that it kind of doesn't allow you to live in the present because you're constantly waiting for like that next you know, cycle or that yep, next doctor's totally appointment agree. or that next thing. So I tell everyone, I kind of felt like that was my journey was like just going through all these steps and processes. Um, I got accepted into this program where um, the hospital I worked in, um, they were willing to try um, different fertility treatments and we wouldn't have to pay for it. So we did the three rounds of IUI and we did fertility drugs and we did all that stuff. But it was very, very challenging. Um, my husband towards the middle of the treatments was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and um, mostly was because of my response. You know, I was very depressed and, you know, the hormones make you emotional. I was getting the shots at one point um, and he was having to inject me. Um, and I think the whole process, it was just so overwhelming for our marriage you know what I mean because we were newlyweds yeah and we were going through this whole thing and it was a lot you know it was a lot uh, my husband like I said he's in the military so he was working um you know pretty intense job as well and in this whole process we're doing this and you know how it is you you're like mm -hmm. okay right now today's the day we got to go down <laughs> there right yep. now and go get this you know this blood test done or this thing and so it was it wasn't convenient, right? It never is. Um, it was very challenging, you know, for our life at the time. And then we knew that we were going to get to a point in the road where we weren't going to be able to afford any more procedures. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think after we did the three rounds of the IUI and all the tests and all the drugs and all the things, and they were like, we don't know. We don't see any reason why you can't get pregnant, but we also don't know if you can ever get pregnant because we've tried all these things. Um, we didn't do IVF because we couldn't afford it. I mean, that's just it. You know, we're a military family and uh, we just could not afford it. And um, we, I researched, I, you know, I, I felt like this was my chance. Like IVF was going to be it for me, you know, like yeah. if I could get in there, <laughs> yeah, so I could yep. figure it out. Um, you know, and I thought about, you know, how can I afford it? And can I, you know, can I take out a loan? Like, I mean, there's just all the things that go through your mind, but think about it again. Like I'm, we're a newlywed. So here I am. I'm like, you know, I want to spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars yeah. <laughs> with you and have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, my husband was, you know, my, my husband is very faithful in the fact that he's like, you know, once he believes something's going to happen, then he's good. Like, you know, mm -hmm. he's good. And he would always tell me, I know it's going to happen. He's like, I just know it. And I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe we're going to adopt or I don't know. I started yeah. <laughs> other, other options. Um, so we stopped fertility treatments for about four, after four years. Wow. Okay. And um, I, for like two years, we were just kind of like, you know, whatever we'll figure it out see what happens winging it a little bit yeah then. yeah mm -hmm. it was just like we're not gonna try anything I had mentally prepared myself like okay because I'm I'm you know I'm 42 now I'll be 43 next week <laughs> um so I'm an older mom and I was you know I'm in my mid to late 30s and I'm like you know I don't know what's gonna happen I don't know I mean after a certain age I don't know if I wanted to get pregnant anymore yeah yeah that's so I kind of felt like that clock is ticking you know all the things you all hear the biological clocks yeah. uh, yep <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh my god my clock is ticking what's going on uh what am I gonna do but 
you know, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, I have a, I have an amazing relationship with my husband and we, and we genuinely enjoy being together. So I was okay. like, you know what, that helped this you. is, this is okay. I'm like, you know, if we can't have kids, we're just still going to have an amazing life because we enjoy traveling and, you know, there's so many things we like to do and it will give us a freedom to do, you know, some other things. Um, I was at the time I had started a nonprofit for domestic violence and I was doing these wow. workshops and one of the workshops, it was, um, we were doing a visual mm -hmm. uh, journaling and it was, you walk into a room and you see yourself, what do you see or something like that, you know? And, um, one of the women in my group report and she recorded down how she had been divorced and she mm -hmm. felt like she had, um, like her family, you know, the goals of her life were to be married, have kids and have a great job. And then she lost her job. She got divorced and she wasn't in a great financial place. And she felt like she was, you know, like her family looked at her and wasn't respecting her because, you know, she wasn't where she thought people should be at her age. She was in her okay. okay. Um, and when she said that I got up and I said, you know, I totally understand that because here I am in my late thirties and I thought I was going to be a mom and I thought I was going to be, you know, I, I've worked with babies my whole life. Like this is what I do, you know, families, babies, is my thing, but it's not going to happen for me. I said, and you know what? I feel like God has a different plan for me and I'm just going to, you know, be okay with that plan. You know, we, my husband and I have talked about traveling, blah, blah, blah. So mm -hmm. I said all this. And at the time that I said this, I was already pregnant. <laughs> and you didn't know it. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't okay. know. So like about two weeks later, um, I just was tired. I'm like, I just feel terrible. I really thought I was sick because I'd never felt like this before, but it was just so, it was so extreme, different, it's extremely different than anything I felt before. So I was like, I just, I don't know what's happened. Maybe I have like, oh. I had had shingles okay. like a little bit prior to this. I'm like, oh, maybe it's the shingles coming back. Like I just started yeah. to freak out a little bit. Well, <laughs> We went on a little road trip and I slept for like 10 hours in the car. And my head was like, okay, it was crazy. I got home and I was like, you know what? And this is the part where like my story kind of, you know, it's like I tell people, I'm like, even when you're pregnant, you're still like, you feel like this is not supposed to happen. So there's all that like stress and concern that comes mm -hmm. with it, you know? So I went mm -hmm. to the drugstore and I was like, all right, I'm going to get a laxative. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know why I, I did not think I was pregnant pregnancy wasn't something that I even had in my brain. But, um, when we were on our little road trip, I stopped and visit my sister and I was like, when you were pregnant, you know, did your boobs hurt really bad? Like at this, you know, very early stage, she was like, Oh my God, she was so excited. And I'm like, Oh my God, crazy. I'm like, that would be like impossible, but whatever. Still didn't believe it, you know, that that could be possible. Um, so when I'm at the drugstore, I'm looking at this laxative and it's like, you know, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, you know, talk to your doctor before blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, mm -hmm. whatever. I look down the aisle and there's a pregnant woman holding a little baby in her, she's pregnant and she's holding like a toddler. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, she's looking at pregnancy tests or something in the pregnancy area, whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, she would know, you know, she knows mm -hmm. if she's pregnant, she's been pregnant before, you know what I'm saying? Of course yeah. she's standing over, you know, whatever it was. And I started to have all these like feelings about this pregnancy test and purchasing it. Like I had already taken so many pregnancy tests. I mean, I could probably like own stock in the pregnancy test. <laughs> 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 no, department. Yep. 
Yeah. You know, because I had purchased so many of those. So I didn't want to waste any more money. Um, you know, I wasn't at the Dollar Tree, which the Dollar Tree test, just for everyone as a nurse, I will let you know, they are amazing tests. That's what we use um, a lot in community nursing. <laughs> so just so you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was like, okay, I don't want to spend $14 on this test or whatever it was, because I couldn't believe that it was possible. You know, yeah. bought the test, took it home. I told my husband, I said, I'm going to take this pregnancy test. And if I'm pregnant, you know, I'm going to be so excited. But I was really like, not you know, very matter of fact about everything. I was like, otherwise I'm going to take this laxative and hopefully it's going to make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> you were ready to do a complete detox. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah. So he's like, okay. Um, so I took the pregnancy test and I came out of the bathroom. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. My husband was like, I knew you were pregnant yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I think men, you know, when you've been with somebody for so long, they, you know, they, they get into it, intuitive yeah, things about yeah. you too. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I, that, that, uh, so I can definitely relate to that with my yeah. husband. He was the so, same way. Yeah. So my pregnancy was natural and, you know, happened spontaneously and all that stuff, but it definitely, once I was pregnant, I still carried that stress and that pain of infertility um my whole pregnancy it wasn't like i'm pregnant and i'm just so happy it was there was a lot of still emotion. there yes yeah. yeah yeah there was still a lot of grief um <clears throat> when i was about 10 weeks or i think it was about 10 weeks pregnant we went to a birthday um it was like my friend's birthday and they rented this house out and we all went it was like couples um it was a beautiful trip and um the night of the birthday party um, I went, I got dressed and I just started bleeding really bad. And, um, I was, I remember I was standing there, I had white pants on <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Uh-oh. And I started bleeding, like oh, you know, wow. heavily bleeding. It was more than I felt comfortable. It was like coming down my leg and everything, not to be graphic, but it was definitely something that was startling. And my husband was, you know, I had to tell him, I'm like, babe, I'm bleeding. And he's looking at me, he's like, how much? So I just showed him because I needed mm-hmm. him to see like, this is what I'm experiencing and I'm just freaking out right now. So we ended up going, this was, we were in Atlanta at the time uh, for this event. And um, we ended up going to like the nearest hospital, got mm-hmm. there. And I, uh, you know, I thought that's it. You know, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is how the story ends, you know, right here in this Atlanta, terrible hospital that I was in. Um, <clears throat> and I was bleeding the whole time. I was waiting in the waiting room area um, and they had me waiting for hours and hours and hours. And I felt every minute I was sitting in that chair, I was, in my mind, I thought my baby's gone and I'm just sitting here, you know, with this dead fetus inside of me. I mean, that's dramatic, but that's yeah. exactly what I was feeling at the moment. And um, they finally took me back and it took forever because it was like, the you know, it was late at night and not the best time to be in the emergency room. Um, they didn't have somebody to do ultrasounds available right away. Like had to find somebody. Mm. Um, finally, you know, they get me back there and they wheel me into the ultrasound and the guy has me face where I cannot see the ultrasound. So I told him, I said, I need to turn around and I need to see, I don't want to wait until the doctor tells me. And as soon as he turned me around and I saw her dancing in there, I was like, Oh my God, thank you. (laughs) I was like, I was like, like, Oh my gosh. So, By the time I left the hospital, I mean, we had been there all night long. Like when we got back, it was like, you know, almost the sun was almost coming up. But um, by the time I got back, I had stopped bleeding. 
and it was just like kind of like follow up with your doctor don't do anything strenuous type of stuff and um you know they didn't see any they didn't see anything that could be causing any kind of issues so that from 10 weeks to 42 weeks Mm -hmm. (laughs) I felt like any day that could happen you know and so I had the worst pregnancy (laughs) and um you know, and, and I felt guilty for that. You know, I felt guilty because there were so many women like those that are listening right now that are going through fertility and they would give nothing, you know, they would give anything, you know what I'm saying? To be yeah. um, pregnant and, and, and have this miracle. But because of this scare, it's like, I could not enjoy my pregnancy. And then with the infertility, yes. so many years of infertility before Yes. Your infertility and diagnosis unexplained? Unexplained infertility, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and so, you know, we ended up, I made it through the pregnancy. We moved at 20 weeks, 20 something weeks, I moved to California. So that was like, you know, and I'm, I'm saying all these parts of my story because I feel like sometimes we get so stuck on the infertility part, mm-hmm. but your whole story really shapes everything. In everything your brings life. it together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 We traveled across the country. I'm 20 something weeks pregnant to a place I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know a doctor. I have no, nobody. The person who's been with me on this infertility journey is not no longer with me. My doctor that I've had a relationship right. with. Yeah. Someone who prayed for me to get pregnant, who basically, right. when I told her I didn't want to do any more treatments and I wanted to be less invasive, she said, okay, I won't send you back to the fertility specialist. I will help you from my own clinic because she knew I was over it at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, so after I had built this relationship with her, um, it was time to move, you know, across the country. So we got here, um, and I was stressing out because we're a military family. You have to get established with a clinic. It's a whole process. And it was imagine. a mm-hmm. long time before I got seen. Wow. It was a long time before I got seen. And I had just had all these issues. So I was a little bit concerned because I wanted to see my baby. You know, I wanted to know everything was going okay. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So then I got a little bit obsessive, I guess, because I ended up buying one of those. Um, the fetal heart monitors? Yes. That's yep. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that at home just so I could have like peace of mind. Oh, absolutely. Um, Definitely. Yeah. You know, that was my, like, that was my peace of mind. And then the craziest thing I did was after I went to the doctor and got a doctor, here was a clinic and I wasn't pleased with the fact that I was going to see different doctors every time I went because I was so spoiled in, uh, <laughs> in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted one doctor. I wanted somebody who was going to know me and understand what I had been through and would be, you know, able to guide me the rest of my pregnancy. But I couldn't get that at this clinic that I was going to. So I went online, I started doing some research and I found out that I could give birth at the birth center here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sounded scary because I'm a nurse and I've, yeah, yeah, <laughs> maternity yep. nurse and I've been, you know, I've been there for all the good and the bad, you know, and um, so I know what it looks like if it can get really bad. Yeah. 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 So I was a little worried, but at the same time, I felt like if I'm going to have this baby and I have all this stress, I need to know that I have one person that I know this person that I can trust this person. They're going to be with me the whole step of the way. And I needed that for my relationship with, you know, where I was in my, uh, in my stress. So we did find a birth center and they were really accommodating because I was already like way past the, 
weeks that they accept new people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they did accommodate me. I got a doula. You know, we did the whole thing. Um, I had a lot of complications during my pregnancy because I had really bad uh, migraines. Wow. And they were pretty debilitating migraines. So I was taking some narcotics through my pregnancy because it was the only way I could like function. I would have to go to the emergency mm-hmm. room a lot to get, they would give me like these Benadryl cocktails. It okay. was like something to put me to sleep and let me get past the pain. Wow. And then, and then they would send me home. So I did that a lot. And then when we got here, um, I guess because the hormone is, they say the hormones, uh, the estrogen levels are high. And so it causes you to have all these or the progesterone. Progesterone levels are high, mm-hmm. and so you have all these headaches. But as you get further in the pregnancy, those start to like even out, so they go away. So I think around thirty weeks that mm-hmm. stopped. But up until then, I was like, I would get in an ice bath. Oh my! <laughs> like I'd be in the dark. You know, yeah, I'd have to have yeah. like ice wrapped around my head. I would get these like terrible headaches. But I knew when I went to deliver. Mm-hmm. That I have been through all this stuff and that I just wanted it to be peaceful. You know, I wanted to bring my baby into the world like as peaceful as possible. So yeah. we yeah. we had a amazing delivery at the birth center. You know, we got there and everything, you know, the delivery and everything was okay. I did have some trauma, like I ended up um and this is something that I guess when I was pregnant, when I had that little bleed during the ten weeks, mm-hmm. uh, my placenta probably separated a little bit. Um, and that's what caused the bleed because when I went to give birth, my placenta mm-hmm. was, um, like some places were hardened and calcified. So it was hard for them to get the placenta out. Oh my goodness. Wow. So I had, I know. So now I'm at the birth center and I have all this bleeding and they're like, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to take you to the hospital? Are we going to, you know, and they packed up all my stuff because the hospital is like right up the street. Yeah. So you have a backup doctor in case there's an issue. Um, and I started, you know, losing a lot of blood. So they were very concerned. Um, but once they, you know, I had a great midwife and she was able to like get the placenta out, get my bleeding down, get my baby breastfeeding right away. And, you know, and, and I tell everyone, I'm like, even though it was the scariest <laughs> experience, mm-hmm. it was also mm-hmm. a beautiful experience. Um, but I spent many, many, many months after I had my daughter still in a stage of grief. I thought yep. that at any moment she could, something could happen to her. Um, I, I had a lot of anxiety. I was depressed yeah. a lot because of what happened during my pregnancy. And I was afraid maybe, you know, she would have some kind of lasting effects, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. there were a lot of, you know, or like milestones. She wouldn't meet her milestones because right. of, you know, right. maybe something happened, you know, in, in utero and something like, yeah, the anxiety yeah. is a big thing when yeah. you dealt with infertility and then you have a hard yeah. pregnancy like that. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, my daughter's four and a half <laughs> and she is, uh, whew, she is not, we're not wearing my milestones. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're like, slow down. Yeah. Greatly surpassed it. Yeah. Slow down. Um, You know, it's a blessing. It has been a blessing. You know, the one thing I tell people all the time is like, when you do go through infertility, it's like, don't listen to other people's timelines and narratives about what your life is supposed to be. Because to this day, and I'm going to be 43 next month, I have no desire to have any more kids, not because I don't want more children, because I do want more children, but just because 
the lifestyle that I would like to have with my daughter and with my family. Yeah. I don't want to bring another child into my family right now because I'm getting older and I feel like I won't be able to give that child as much of myself as I would like to, you know? And, um, but it's a, it's a decision that we made. It's not, I mean, we're not like against having kids or anything like that. But people will tell you all the time, oh, it's time for another one. When you, and I'm like, do you yeah. know how much work it took it me? It took to even get, come on, <laughs> so come this on. One, yeah. I'm like, this one was a project and a half. And I am not mentally equipped to do that again. Um, there are people who, you know, they're okay with this process. And they're okay with multiple fertility treatments. And their outcomes and maybe their experience is a little different. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, but with my experience and everything that I went through, um, you know, I went through a lot of postpartum depression um, and I felt terrible because I couldn't tell people about it because I felt like they were going to be like, girl, how are you depressed? This is what you always wanted. You know, you wanted this, this, this baby. And it's not that I didn't want my baby. It's just that mentally I was not in a great place. Um, And so, you know, my, my story of postpartum depression and all those things is kind of what took me from, you know, focusing on just maternity care to Mm -hmm. um, ways that women could deal with postpartum depression. And that's how I became a cannabis nurse um, because I was lost and I felt like I was drowning every day in the anxiety and depression. And I wanted to be more present with my daughter because this is the gift that I have been wanting my whole life. And, um, you know, going down that path, has been nothing but rewarding for me because the joy that I imagined I would have when I had my daughter, I have it now, you know, and it, and it took me a while to get there, not because I wasn't happy and not because I didn't look at her and see the most beautiful thing, you know, God has ever created. Um, but because hormonally and physically and mentally, yeah. um, you know, I still had uh, effects from my pregnancy and postpartum depression and my mental health wasn't there, you know, but, you know, I, I tell people all the time, because people always ask me, well, what did you do different? And I'm like, I will say the only thing that I feel I changed before I got pregnant is that I changed my diet, mm-hmm. <laughs> I changed my diet. Um, and I just started, and it's not like I went vegan or I went this or that. I just started to eliminate, um, you know, I used to drink sodas and juices right, and stuff like right. that. I only drink water. Like, we don't even buy juice here. Um, you know, I, we're pretty much like, if you can more pick holistic, it, grow yeah. it. Yeah, you know, yeah. just eating better. I mean, but I have a four-year-old, so we, you know, tater tots. and <laughs> You got to, you got to, because you know how you know, picky they are. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, we mix it all together, but we really, really try to focus on being healthy, you know, and just that's, that started right around the time you know right before I got pregnant like I started to be more a little bit more active and Mm -hmm. started to um to eat better and I think that was the biggest thing because my husband and I we enjoy food (laughs) and um my husband is vegan now he's been vegan for two years I think um but I like meat so I still eat meat (laughs) But that was the only change that I made. People ask me all the time. So that's the only reason I'm sharing. Because we're like, well, did you do anything? Did you take anything? Um, that was it. Just being, you know, trying to live a healthier, more balanced lifestyle. And then the other thing is, honestly, I put fertility on the back burner. To mm-hmm. 
I, I didn't, it wasn't the focus of my every day. And I think that just lessened the anxiety of, you know, what I was experiencing. And I was able to, you know, because you can't get pregnant if you're, if you're stressed, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And I, I actually, uh, one of the first episodes that I did, I was talking about, um, you know, taking time away from infertility, from treatment, IVF, and even if you're in the midst of it, just, you know, going a couple of hours without talking about it going a couple of days without um yes. without bringing it up you know what I mean if you can I mean it's different when you're at home with your spouse but yeah. I used to you know I would go two and three days sometimes without even talking about it you yeah. know just for my own sanity and that's to, awesome I mean that's and it know? is hard and it is hard yeah. when people know that you're going through this or that people people who love you they just want to see you happy and if having a baby is what they think is going to make you happy then that's what they're going to ask you about every time they see you <laughs> you know what I mean yep 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 they're like Absolutely. how's it going oh my god you know I'm praying for you or whatever <laughs> and I would be like this is the most beautiful thing I have so many people praying for me when I said I was when I finally told people I was pregnant I told my husband I'm like oh my god I'm like I never knew how many people were out there just praying for us to have a baby you know what I mean like yeah um and and it was amazing but I will say that every day you know I'd have people like ask me or you know they call me check in how are things going and sometimes I felt like obligated to tell people because I felt like they really care about me and they're checking in on me and then sometimes I felt like y'all I don't want to talk about this today <laughs> I'm good I'm like it's too, it's overwhelming you know um it is it can be very but I'm, yeah but I'm so grateful to share my story I'm so grateful to I and I it sounds crazy I'm grateful to have lived my experience because it brought me to where I am today like I'm doing work right now that that you're passionate about that I'm passionate about absolutely and that I personally know <laughs> what it felt like you know and um you know I was a maternity nurse for all those years without being a mom and my students got taught nursing and patients like they always say like you know how knowledgeable I was and what a great nurse I was and I'm always surprised not that people think I was a great nurse because I think I'm I'm a pretty good nurse but because I didn't feel what's the word I didn't feel like I was supposed to be helping mothers in their journey of birth because I never experienced that myself do you see what I'm saying um, no matter how passionate I was about it, I always had that guilt of like, but I'm not a mom. Yeah. 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 You know, I can mm -hmm. help you with breastfeeding. But like people are like, Oh, you know, I, I'm, I loved helping moms with, you know, getting their babies to latch on initially after they had their babies and, you know, and they would say, well, how do you do it? And I would say, Oh, well, you know, I don't have any kids. And, and it always felt like a, Ugh, in my heart, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want mm -hmm. to say it. but the truth is it's definitely, um, it showed me, I mean, after I had my daughter, I couldn't even watch people give birth <laughs> because it would wow. make me so emotional. I felt like I could feel, I just had so much empathy for, you know what I'm saying? Like pregnant women. You know what? You know oh, what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of went through the same thing because my son was a micro preemie. And oh. I remember there was an episode last year season of This Is Us and, um, the one of the sisters uh well the sister on that show she's a main character she had a baby at like 27 weeks in this show and i mean i knew it was fiction but it's like 
man, that hurt, that hurt really, really bad. I just start crying. And I, the same thing happened. It was an episode of how to get away with murder. And a young lady gave birth to her preemie baby at 28 weeks in the elevator. And they showed like a little, they had like a little infant, you know, mm-hmm. that size. It was just like, and even now I can't talk about my son's story without, you know, getting teary eyed and stuff like yeah. that. Like I can, I can talk about infertility all day. Yeah. But when it's something about, you know, giving birth and that yeah. whole process. Yeah. Took oh yeah. Long. I can't, I can't, it's hard for me. Like the only reason I'm able to talk about my story right now with you is because I'm literally like, Hey girl, Hey, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's really hard to, to talk about those emotions. So, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, my pregnancy, my birth, my whole experience, you know, I had a form of PTSD in a sense, you know what I mean? Like Uh it was something that I carried on, carried with me throughout my daughter's first years of life. Um, I was, I mean, I could, I'm still anxious, mom. I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely anxious. I'm my only baby. Okay. Yeah. Say whatever you want, but that's the only one I got. (laughs) So (laughs) I do worry about her often, but it's not that critical the water's rising so high where I feel like I'm drowning type of, you know, emotion. Okay. Um, but the reason is because I had to go back and this is the thing that I feel like it's important. Once you do go to infertility, it's like you have to go back and you have to resolve all those issues from your past, all the pain, all the hurt. And you have to say, you have to look at it, you have to feel it and then just say, okay, there's no place for this anymore. You know what I mean? Because I'm in this other space. And I was only able to do that when I was able to sit, because you are a stay-at-home mom. I don't know when you get to think. (laughs) (laughs) I did not have the opportunity to think. I literally was in a constant, you know, baby mode. And um, and then I was exhausted and I would go to sleep. So it wasn't until recently, um, just within the last year, actually, or maybe a little over a year that I reconciled with those feelings um, that I was able to go back and actually feel those things again, mm-hmm, because that's mm-hmm. the, the part about it is that you don't really want to go back there. You don't want to feel those things, but I, you know, and, and, you know, not that I think cannabis is for everyone, but that was the tool that I used to do that. Um, it allowed me to clear all the thoughts in my mind to just focus on visualizing my birth, visualizing my pregnancy, um, seeing myself as a mother because I lost my mom a few months before I got pregnant um seeing myself as a mother even though I didn't have a mom to say like you know there's something about mothering without your mother that's okay okay normal um but I was able to go back and look at all those feelings and process them in a different way and it was the most freeing thing not just for me but for my relationship with my daughter because you know, you, you have to give them wings, you know what I mean? And let them grow. And I felt like I was very protective and very worried about everything. And it's allowed me to, to see her as an individual and see that she, you know, we're raising her as a young, smart, independent little lady. And she definitely is going to do amazing things. And, you know, there's not, there's nothing in my control that I can protect, you know, I can't protect her from the unknowns, you know what I mean? I can just guide her and help her be in a good place. And, you know, that's the only thing I can do. And she's, she's definitely, uh, mommy, I can do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I got this, uh, you know, she's, she's that girl. And it's, that's, that's really challenging 
when you're, you know, when you're parenting somebody that's so independent, that's really challenging sometimes because you want to be more in control as a parent. I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, you want to feel like, yeah, I, you, do. you know, I have yeah. some parameters around what you're, mm-hmm. you know, what you're going to do and say. And, and, you know, my daughter, she's, she's a good, she's a good egg. She's a good kid, but she definitely is her own person. And uh, she's taught me a lot about, you know, moving forward from mm-hmm. grief and, mm-hmm. uh, and allowing myself to be present and enjoy the gift that I've been given, you know, this little yeah. girl. I like that um, that statement you made about um, being more mindful, be having mindfulness in the midst of your situation and, and being present um, no matter, you know, what has happened before. And, and as well as when you said, um, you know, resolving the pain of infertility, you know, no matter how your outcome comes out, whether you mm-hmm. stop treatment, whether you end up naturally conceiving mm-hmm. and all those good things. And I think control is a big lesson when you're dealing with infertility and and um having difficult pregnancies too is that you realize that you don't have control over anything and um it, it's a it's a big lesson i think um oh yeah when you're dealing that, with infertility there's nothing in your control nothing at all <laughs> yes yes nothing at all nothing at all and what would you so what kind of advice would you give someone who may be new to the game or a veteran and they just or an encouraging word you could give them you know, I would always say, don't get caught up in the idea of what infertility is or isn't. You know, you can make, you can define how you want to create your family, um, if that's what you want. And I feel like I was stuck for a long time in the idea of what my family was supposed to be and how and when it was supposed to happen, um, but. I'm grateful for the timing. I'm grateful. I'm not necessarily grateful for the treatments and all that stuff that yeah. I went through, but I'm grateful for the timing because um, right now is the right time for me to be a mom. You know, right yeah. now it's, it's, I'm in a, in that place where I can do that. You know, I've lived my life and I've enjoyed, uh, you know, traveling, doing things. I've, I've done a lot in this little life. And so I feel like I'm not in a place where I resent being a mother or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't feel like I'm too old to enjoy my child. I'm just in the right place and I couldn't have planned it, you know? And so I'm a big believer that God has a plan that we are not (laughs) in control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We just kind of have to write it out and see what's next. Um, You know, so I feel like that's important. And the other thing is, you know, take care of yourself because you know, any fertility or infertility issues are going to be best resolved or, you know, a best, best balanced if you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I neglected that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have done more self-care when I was going through my fertility treatments. I wasn't, I was a train wreck. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Definitely. So I wish that I would have, you know, taking care of my body and, and been more peace at peace and, you know, use that time to kind of prepare my body, you know, beforehand and, and during, but I didn't, you know, so that would be something that I would definitely recommend. Cause I always say to myself, what if I had lost weight before I started my fertility treatment? So what if I, Mm -hmm. you know, I start thinking about all that stuff, but the Mm -hmm. thing is the what ifs don't matter because we're here now, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, taking care of yourself, I think is, is super important and just having the idea and picture of what it is that you want for your life and, 
you know, it doesn't have to match up with what other people think. I think that my husband and I are aliens and we pretty much just <laughs> come up with our own plan. Yep. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah, we're just going to do this thing, you know, like right now. I mean, our family's like, oh, my God, they're into the marijuana. What is happening over there? They moved to California and they went crazy. <laughs> um, you know, but it's just it's just who we are. Like we are, you know, we're just forward thinkers and independent. And so we were like, OK, if, if fertility is not going to happen for us and we started thinking about what was next, which I mentioned before was like traveling. Um, but then when we did get pregnant, it was kind of like, OK switch gears this is yeah. what we're gonna do now you know um so it's it's definitely been an adventure and I think that you know the the biggest thing the biggest takeaway is that you are not less of a person because you don't get pregnant instantly or because you have to do treatments or whatever it is like I feel like I lived a long time feeling like I was less of a woman or less of a human and yeah, feelings of inadequacy yeah, yeah. and I yeah. and I I wish that I hadn't felt those things and, and that I had explored it more in a positive way because I feel like I could have made a, it could have impacted my health better if I wasn't focused on, you know, feeling inadequate and not taking care of myself and all those things. Yeah, but you know, it's all, you know, the universe and, and the creator, they, they take you on a ride so you can learn oh, the yeah. lessons that you need to learn. And oh yeah, it's so difficult to keep your mental health in order you know while you're going through it because it's just mm -hmm. like ah, i'm waiting to do this i'm waiting to take a test i'm waiting the two-week wait and it's just so much going on then you have work then you have life i mean like i used to forget to pay bills during a process because i would be so consumed and my thought process was so consumed on becoming a mom everything you know what i mean and i was turning in two days papers. later that the bill was due monday and i didn't pay it till friday you know what i mean so yeah. it's, it's just it's all consuming and it's so hard to find balance sometimes it is it. i was i was going to school i was doing um like a clinical hours i was teaching at a at a college for um for school like you mm -hmm. know for part of my, my my program that i was in and to be honest with you it's like i was just basically just making it okay that paper is due at 11.59 I was yeah. submitting my paper at 11.57 you yep. know whatever it was you know it was a very um it was just really really tough so I definitely feel like yeah you get caught up in all those things and so it's really hard to kind of figure out like you know what's next mm-hmm I thank you so much um, again, Sandra, for coming on and uh, sharing your journey with us. You've made some really good points, and I hope that someone out there, at least one person, my goal is always is, is, is if one person can get connected with it and, and um, it touches them in a way um, to give them some hope and encouragement. That's, that's all I'm here to do, and, and I've done my job for the day. So again, I thank you. And did you have any social media handles you wanted um, to share? They can find me pretty much everywhere at the Kushners, T-H-E-K-U-S-H-N-U-R-S-E, at the Kushners, pretty much on all social media. Okay. And thank you so much for having me, Monique. I, I am so passionate about this uh, podcast and what you're doing because I think it's so important. And I always tell people, I'm like, just because I have my baby does not mean that I stop thinking about and praying about all the people out there who are struggling with infertility because 
I know how difficult it is. And trust me, it, those, those feelings don't just disappear. No. You, you mm -hmm. remember what you went through. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. Thank you so much again, Sandra. I appreciate you. I'm going to have to get you back on and talk some more about yes. the services that you offer. Awesome. Um, and, and everything. And um, I definitely, uh, I, yeah, I just appreciate it. Um, Thank you this so is much, Monique. my first passion project. So, you know, you coming on and it's, it's really, it's, I, I really do appreciate it. And I'm going to have you back on in the future too as well. Thank you. Thank yes. You, I'm so, so excited much. to have you. Thank you, Monique.